Nobody knows what's going on when we watch the Olympics. We just turn on our TVs and become obsessed with sports we haven't thought about in four years. This is why we made the Ringer Guide to the Summer Games. I'm your host, Roger Sherman. Each day during the Tokyo Olympics, I'll tell you about a different sport, athlete, or storyline. We'll be releasing new episodes every day starting July 19th. Follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so you know exactly how to watch the Olympics. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. I love the NBA. When game day comes around, win or lose, this is the beer you want. Michelob Ultra, my go-to right now because I'm a light beer guy. Sorry, hate to break it to you. You know, I'll mess around with some other ones, but for the most part, really ever since college, I've been a light beer guy. Michelob Ultra, not only does it taste great, 95 calories, crisp and refreshing. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like Michelob Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game right now than ever before with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. The experts at eBay know that inspecting every tick of your next watch is time well spent. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, you can trust that every tick of your next timepiece is authentic. Time and time again, every movement inspected, every crown checked and face verified. eBay dedicates time to the details and with authenticity guarantee, they've got your back. Shop with the same confidence you'll feel when you put on that new timepiece. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. The Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel and FanDuel Sportsbook. You could have gone on FanDuel Sportsbook and made a bunch of fun draft bets. You could have tried to guess that Evan Mobley was going to be the third pick, all kinds of things. Always check out FanDuel Sportsbook. They have good stuff. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com as well as the Ringer Podcast Network. If you missed the rewatchables, Van Lathan and I did The Bodyguard. On Monday, we have a sports movie coming uh, next Monday. So there you go. Here's the plan for today. It's me, it's Ryan Rossillo, it's Kevin O'Connor. This is part one. This is going to be either a three or a four-part draft day extravaganza. We tape this part one at 3.45 Pacific time on Thursday, reacting to the Russell Westbrook rumor trade and a whole bunch of other stuff, trying to set up what we thought the draft would look like. So if you listen to it, that is the context. We went from, I think, 3.45 to almost 4.30. Part two is going to be us basically live watching uh, the first few picks, and that might be part three as well. And then part four will be a winners and losers pod after all of this is done. So four-part pod, we're gonna be throwing them up. Enjoy them. I love the draft. This is my favorite day of the year. I've been sick for the last two days, not COVID, but but, uh, I rallied. You know, if anything's going to make me rally, it's the NBA draft. So that is all next. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, it is part one of the multi-part NBA draft mega podcast. Ryan Russell here, Kevin O'Connor. So we tried to do this on Green Room. We're having technical difficulties, so we're just doing this as a podcast. Right now it is 3.45 Pacific time Thursday. 
draft is about an hour, 15 minutes away. We've had some, some bombs already. We don't know if this is official, so you're going to have to hang with us if you're listening to this as a podcast. News might change. Our reactions might change. We thought it'd be fun to capture our reactions in real time. Westbrook to the Lakers. Kuz is in there. KCP, Harrell, and the 22nd pick, or as I texted at Joe House, the poo-poo platter. Um, not a bad collection of role players, I guess. But uh, KOC, Lakers, Russ, what was your immediate reaction? I mean, they're going to need a playmaker if they lose Schroeder. So Russell Westbrook adds that. He raises their ceiling with what he can be at his best. But what I worry about is if you're playing AD at the four, if you're continuing to do that, your spacing is just going to be horrific around LeBron James. Like AD needs to put on his big boy pants here, play more five, more LeBron at the four. And then I think it could work. I mean, it could work in that case because of what Russell Westbrook can provide. But like the situation needs to be perfect there for this to be ideal for the Lakers. Rosillo, you more optimistic? Yeah, a little bit because, I mean, we are still on like basically day one of the reconstruction of all of these teams. So what will happen is there's some sort of acquisition and then we're like, oh, my God, they don't have this, this and this. And we're like, dude, we haven't even started free agency. We're two weeks away. And knowing the Lakers knowing how this organization is operated, like they're going to be able to add some other pieces. There's two ways of looking at this. I think for the regular season, I know I'm not the biggest Westbrook guy. I actually kind of like it. I think the Lakers will love having his energy, his, his 11 out of 10 effort throughout the entire regular season, him bringing the ball up constantly. Um, and he's going to have big nights. He's just, I mean, look, he's an incredibly talented player. We know all that. So I think there's a part of him that can help kind of carry them emotionally throughout the regular season in a way that would feel like a grind for LeBron having to carry him the whole time, Anthony Davis having to carry them the whole time. So I do think that this is a team. And remember, like on paper coming in in the first month or so, two months of the season, like we're all looking at the Lakers going, hey, they're even better than they were last year. Now, obviously, there's other roles to be placed there. But I think for the regular season there's there's a part of me that actually thinks it makes sense, but that's also based on, okay, now where's the spacing, where's the shooting? Playoffs, that's something completely different because the last few minutes of a game, I don't know what you're going to be doing with Westbrook because I don't want to making decisions and he doesn't space the floor. And honestly, LeBron's just going to take over and control every single big position that matters anyway because that's what he's done his whole career, and he should. So they use him, they use him as 2020 Rondo bubble? kind of version maybe in the playoffs where he's just kind of lurking around doing yeah, but Rondo made stuff. A, Rondo turned into like Steph. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Rondo's shooting. I, I could, I mean, it's still one of the most amazing playoff runs that would be unexpected <laughs> of a guy. He hit every big three. It felt like, so go ahead. Go ahead, Kelsey. Oh no. And I, I think Ryan mentioned it at the top there. Like the Lakers aren't done necessarily. Like there's still more moves to be made that make it hard to react to like how Russell Westbrook fits in because if they do get Westbrook for some type of package close to what was reported, that doesn't necessarily stop them from also getting Buddy Heald or somebody else in a sign and trade involving Talon Horton Tucker or Dennis Schroeder or even Alex Caruso for that matter. Like there's still more moves to be made for the Lakers on top of getting Westbrook. So like even though that, like this could be looks like an, a Heald or Westbrook situation right now, it could be uh, both when this is all said and done come August 6th when they're actually allowed to do a deal like that. I like the Kuzma, Harrell, and 22 for Heald more than this Westbrook trade. Um, I just, I I like Buddy Heald. I know that, I know he takes a beating on uh, on the, some of the advanced metric stuff and there's some empty calories stuff with him, but I've also never seen him in a good situation. And 
I do like getting distressed assets from other teams. We just saw it with Bogdanovich last year, where there's something to be said for a guy who has at least one elite skill set playing in a playoff games. I just look at this Westbrook thing. Here's the list of like super duper stars he's played with. Kevin Durant, Paul George, no, su superstar, not a super duper star. James Harden twice. Bradley Beal. Now he's with LeBron and AD. Pokusheski? No, he missed him, right? Who? Pokusheski, Westbrook, he was gone. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> overlap. Pokusheski, <laughs> right. not My bad. <laughs> but he's won one finals game ever, and it just, I don't feel like anybody's had more superstar luck in the history of the league than Westbrook. He just moves from super duper star to superstar to super duper star. He just bounces around. Beal's pro Beal and George are like the worst two stars he's played with, except for the 2017 season. And we just haven't seen it produce winning basketball in the playoffs. So he puts up all these stats, and then the playoffs, there's always some reason why his team didn't win. I, it really feels risky to me on the Lakers side, because if it doesn't work, I don't know what your outs are. He can even opt in next year, right? What is, what is it, 47? 47? He's 44 this yep. year. He's 47 player option next year. Mm. 47 million for him in two years. You don't think there's a nefarious second deal where they pretend they want Westbrook and then they flip him for somebody making even more money, right? Who else is left that's making more money? Lillard's extension? Kyrie? Well, they got rid <laughs> I mean, of Shamit, so Kyrie's good. Yeah, Kyrie's good. He's like, well, we got Shamit. I'm reinvested. Uh, I was thinking how funny it would be if it was a Kyrie-Russ something where the Nets would then have Russ, Harden, and KD. What the hell just, what did you just turn this into? Like <laughs> I know. We're, we're, we're well, not even, we got a long and time to go. And Kyrie is back. It's <laughs> just like the reunited trade. For what it's worth, Bill, the only players making more than Russell Westbrook are James Harden, John Wall, and Stephen Curry. Oh, Jesus. Well, that John Wall trade's looking great now. I like the Buddy Heel deal more. Um, Rosillo, clutch kind of cleaning house here. How many of these guys going to Washington are clutch guys? Yeah, because we were looking at... Two. You know, when you look at Montrez and you go, okay, well, player option, it's under $10 million. Like, he can probably get that somewhere else. It's like, why would he opt in to then now be like, hey, this is where you're going instead of having free agency decisions and a longer-term deal? And you're like, oh, he's a clutch client. Right. Well, <laughs> so you go, oh, all right. So, hey, opt in so we can trade you. Are right. we sure he gets $10 million, though? I'm not sure about that. He had a bad end of the year. Here, okay, he really right. did. Here's the deal. Even if it's 8 you get to pick where you want to go. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, at this stage of your career, that especially when it was the Sacramento part. So I wonder if that's how the Westbrook thing came along, where you're going like, hey, will you opt in? And you're like, well, am I getting traded for Westbrook or Heald? Rusillo, I have, I have an incredibly ahead. important question for you. AD LeBron, Russell Westbrook at this stage of the year of his career, what are the big three kind of abilities that we have here. Are we allowed to call this a big three? I don't feel like this is a big three because I don't feel like Westbrook carries that kind of big three weight anymore, but I think some people are going to do that. Where do you some? stand on big three? Wait, so most Perk people. Just, Perk just said it's heat part two. So, I mean, you know, it's already started. The, the trade isn't even official. It heat can't be official. Part two? What, yeah. What, I mean, which Perk, heat team? Perk was ready. I was like, pace, pace yourself. Big the guy. 1996 heat? <laughs> Look, if you go look this up, it is one of my favorite pieces of content on the internet. And that's saying something. Somebody on NBA.com years ago ranked the top 40 big threes of all time. We got to Joe Johnson and Paul Millsap and Jeff T at one point. They were wow. towards the bottom. They were towards the bottom of the ranking. So this will be called the big three. I mean, when the resumes and then Los Angeles and all that. But 
Um, I, I, you talking about Westbrook star luck, which is an incredible resume. Like that'd be a really, yeah. that's something you should rank if you still wrote, but, um, yeah, I'm the retired. I, I don't, I don't think any, is anybody doing that anymore? Like, does anybody think there's some unlocked version of Russ that we haven't seen yet? I mean, that's I don't the part know. that scares me because now it's 40 plus million, 47 million. And you're like, did you actually make yourself better in the regular season, but worse in the playoffs? Because you're right. I mean, he lost. He didn't just lose in the playoffs. He would always seem to lose when it's like, wait, you're losing to that team in the first round? He had it like every three years year in it's a row. Bad. Yeah. KOC, I know you don't love well, Westbrook as a winning basketball player. Just go ahead. Unleash it on us. I mean, one of the first articles I wrote here when I got hired back in 2016 was the Russell Westbrook roadmap about how he could evolve as a player. You do a lot of those ways. like... Hey, can this guy do these things he's never done before? This is how, you know, and, and I love it. And, it's and, so and I, did a, I did a Westbrook roadmap 2.0. I think I did a Russell Westbrook problem article. I've done so many different versions of the same article for the five years about Russell Westbrook and how just a couple simple tweaks, he could become a winning player. And it's never happened. It will never happen. But it could happen if he decided to with LeBron James. I don't see him becoming a guy that's not going to shoot 18 you know, shots per game. I don't see him becoming a guy who focuses consistently on defense. I don't see Russell Westbrook becoming a guy you can rely on in those endgame situations. It just hasn't happened. He's 32 years old right now. It's unrealistic to expect them to change. Could it happen? Sure. No. But no, I'm not no, anticipating no, it. No, I'm look, not when, anticipating it. When you no. say focus on defense, and this is the part where it separates the men's, men from the boys, we're talking basketball, all right? If you can't see his mistakes on defense in late-game situations that are devastating, that are way worse than just a missed shot, then then I can't talk to you about it. Like, if, if you think that's all media bias and people being asked, like, I watch it all, and if you can't see the things that he'll, he'll do three or four things in the last couple minutes of a close game where his instincts like he just and it's the part that you admire that he's always thinking I can fix this I can fix this but in the NBA you can't just freelance all the time on defense and at least all the thing I'm looking forward to from an entertainment standpoint is he's probably going to be one of the only other players that will tell LeBron to fuck off numerous times like when they're right. battling about shot selection and rotations and all that kind of stuff <laughs> I sign me up I, yeah. hope this, I hope they extend him <laughs> and piggybacking on that point, he brings a lot of stuff to the table that we've seen not succeed with LeBron. Like, just defensive lapses, defensive indifference. Um, really weird decisions in the last two minutes of a game, right? The 28-footer out of nowhere with 18 seconds of the shot clock. <laughs> the drive into traffic when somebody else has scored 10 straight points on his team. Things like that. And then, you know, him, the, the box score padding, being, I mean, that paddings might be a little harsh, but you know, he's, he, he fills up these different parts of the stat sheet. How is he going to do that on a team with LeBron and AD in it? What's AD going to do the first time Westbrook's crashing in on a free throw rebound? Um, I, AD I will probably see, give it to him. Oh, you think AD, AD's like, cool, AD's you take like, these. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I got yeah. paid. I don't care. Um, but then on top of it, him not being able to shoot, it feels the parallels to me. I know he's a much better player than Wade was in 2017, 18, but watching how when they tried to remember, they're trying to integrate Wade into that last Cavs team and it just didn't work. And you could tell right away. And I wonder if that could be where this goes. I, mean, I, West, I think it's really risky. Westbrook's a better player right now than Wade was at that point. hundred percent. No for, question. You know, for sure. Yeah. But like, no, but, but, twice but as good. To your point about the limitations, though, with the shooting. 78% right? better? Yeah. <laughs> yeah 40, 49% better, maybe. <laughs> with Westbrook, it's not like he is a, an efficient spot-up shooter either. He's an inefficient spot-up shooter, so you're going to sag off him. He needs to get hot. 
like you mentioned with Rondo, he turned into Steph for a couple of weeks. That's what needs to happen when we're talking about a year from now in the playoffs. We need a hot Russell Westbrook in the playoffs from spot up threes because there's going to be a situation where that's what he's going to have to do because it's inevitable at some point LeBron takes control. There's no way it's a situation where LeBron gives up control in a game six or a game seven to Russell Westbrook. It's it's not going to happen. And if it does, sorry. This is a big mistake. Well, we've already seen Westbrook do this in Houston, and he was miserable as like the sidekick relegated to the side on Houston. He didn't like it, and that's What's kinda, unless LeBron's going to take a big step back. I don't. That, that, I, that, that's the thing that bothers me. It's like you can impact winning by doing other stuff besides shooting. Right, you can impact like offensive he's, rebounding, all that. No kidding. Like he could like look. I hate to always bring up the Bruce Brown thing. It's Bruce Brown on the Nets, but I like the way they used a six three guard that can't shoot. They yep. use him as a center. Use wow. Westbrook so as a center. So now Russ is Bruce Brown, Rosillo. I like this. I like where this is going. $43 million you, Bruce Brown. You, you, can uh, adapt no, no some offense, of those, but... you can adapt some of those ways you utilize a guy like that. Yeah, I got And you. do it with Westbrook. Right. But I mean, any, any comp to Bruce Brown is like, okay, do you have three of the single best <laughs> offensive players in the history of the game? You, you don't? Oh, okay. Well, you might, <laughs> you might not get one and a half. Exact. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, what Bruce Brown gets to do doesn't exist anywhere else. So I like Bruce Brown. I'm happy for him, man. What did they throw out the qualifying <laughs> off? Like, really rich go. man's Bruce Brown. <laughs> a billionaire man's Bruce Brown. Uh, Bruce right. Brown. The only difference is he's hey, cost $47 million. That'd yeah. be a pretty good player in a game six, game seven. If that's what you're uh, going to do, I'd rather that than Russell Westbrook jacking up a 17-footer with 15 seconds on the clock. Let's not lose sight, Russillo of the fact that this is going to be a really fun partnership. I have some mm. things that I'm already excited for. I made a little list for you. The somebody writing the long twos are back article <laughs> talking about the Phoenix Milwaukee, how that just became the blueprint. Yeah. You win the title around the rim and with twos and just good <laughs> baskets and get to the line. And that, that basketball is back And Westbrook. The league has shifted back toward, I'm excited for whoever writes that piece. Good luck. Um, I'm excited for, the Russ, the I'm coming home stuff with him coming back to LA. And that that's going to be like LA porn, all the Russ stuff. And he's back and he grew up here. We'll hear that story. No, the times. misunderstood stuff, the misunderstood Russ thing is going to be unbelievable. This is where he's going to finally find himself in the place that he grew up. That's going to be great. I'm excited for LeBron to pretend he's really into this trade when it's clearly a flyer. And if it doesn't work, they will be spinning that contract for whatever they can get because it's so much money. That'll be really fun. And then just watching this try to work as a, as a basketball thing will be really compelling. And as you pointed out, you tweeted this, Russell, this for the regular season makes a lot of sense. There's going to be regular season games when, when uh, Russ looks incredible and be like, wow, oh my God. And it's like, yeah, because you beat Sacramento on a Tuesday night and nobody guarded anybody. So I, any other fun silver linings to this? Um, I actually want to stay off of the Sacramento thing into healed because you yep. also, I, I think you bring up a good point here. Uh, there's, uh, let me try to make these quick hitters. But there's another lesson about these awful contracts and how quickly they're not awful. All right. Like Westbrook got traded twice. Now, granted, he got traded for the other guy who has the other awful contract, but it's, it's funny how quick this turns into like, well, hey, you know, Westbrook in a year, you're like, okay, he's an expiring. I mean, granted, he's probably going to pick up that player option unless he thinks he can get a three year or something out of this, right? 
the Wizards going from Wall to one year Westbrook were actually was successful based on their standards to now adding a bunch of pieces that feels a little bit more like a team for a team that had no depth. And then you hit on that pick. And then you're lucky enough that you have Beal that doesn't want to go nuclear option here because every time you talk about the Beal thing, it's like until he gets really mad, I think we're all speculating way too much about him wanting to get out. And I also think there's some truth to maybe Beal sticking around long enough to hope to get that five-year extension. So like now that the Washington part is like, man, just think about that. Like, a year ago, you're like, "How? What are we going to do with this John Wall deal?" Right. And that's how quick things can it's the turn all-time around. All-time sunk cost. Right. right. And then on so the so they Sacramento gave away, they gave away a first round pick in yeah. the future, but they're getting one back. So they basically treaded water for a year with Russ and made the playoffs. Made the know? playoffs. Kept kept kind of staved off the Beal thing. And I don't know. Those three guys have all been in playoff series and have produced at various times. They're like all I, real. They're all real rotation guys on a good yes. team. So. I just think there's a lesson in there where as dire as it can look financially and your cap sheet and all this different stuff, like this is actually kind of a win for the Wizards because I don't really know what else would have been out there. And also the Lakers are dealing with desperation adding it. But KOC, I want to pivot to you because your healed stuff, like I don't know if this means they can still get him. I don't know if this deal was there for healed. I don't know if it makes more sense because it's half as much. But your healed article about his shooting, I was even kind of surprised to be reminded of how special it is, even though I think there's just opinions all over the place on him. Yeah, so with Buddy Heald, like, Lakers aren't out on getting him, as I said earlier. They could still work out a sign-and-trade, and there's some complications there with the timing. This could go the the Bogdan Bogdanovich route, where there's a sign-and-trade for him to Milwaukee, and then that gets shut down, you know, because everything's leaking early. That could happen. Yeah. Um, but with Buddy Heald, like, he shoots 44% on uh, three-pointers when he's moving, like, 43% on threes when he's standing still. Like, the dude is an unbelievable shooter. You know, he's up there with like Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Duncan Robinson. Statistically, he's not so that it's level like four of guy. guys in yeah. the last few years yeah. that are even at that level. And he's yeah. one of them. S- since 2016, 17, when Buddy Heald entered the NBA, he's one of those four guys that has shot over 40 percent from three on over seven attempts per game. Heald, you know, Robinson, Curry, Thompson. So ridiculous wow. company for him to be in. And, and has the ability to just heat check win a playoff game. Russell, you know what he reminds me of? I mean, this analogy just for you. He's Jack the of, shot Foley. No, it's these Nordic track kind of signings. Remember when the Nordic track was a thing and it yeah. was too expensive and it filled this part of your room. It took up too much space. And, <laughs> and anyone who got a Nordic track was eventually like, oh man, I probably shouldn't have done that. But then it was nice to have a place to work out every once in a while, even though it was too expensive and it took too much time. The Buddy Heald contract where it's like 24 million and you just all you can see is the contract with him. He's still a really nice guy to have on your team. Just not for twenty four million. But if you can squeeze them in, like the Lakers are paying one hundred twenty one million just for Westbrook, LeBron, and Davis, according to Bobby Marks. At some point, money doesn't even matter anymore. And if they can somehow squeeze Buddy in with like a Taylor Horton Tucker sign and trade or whatever it takes, and he's this twenty four million dollar guy who usually that guy's making like seven on a really good team or nine. That's a really good. I really want to see him on a in a playoff situation. I feel the same way about him as I did with Bogdanovich. I think yeah. he's a playoff player, potentially. Heald could step up. I mean, like, his defense has been bad. A lot of shot creation has been bad in Sacramento. And Kings fans, understandably, don't want him there. They would love to have traded him for Kuzma and Harrell and the 22nd pick. That I worries mean, maybe, me, though. That, yeah. that, that, isn't that a red flag? I, yeah, I, I don't yeah, like but, when the fans, like, dislike a player. It makes me nervous. But, but Kings fans are looking at it from a Kings fan perspective. The team's been losing. But Buddy Heald, in a winning context where he's surrounded by good defenders, where there's incentive, where there's actual championship hopes, 
maybe he can focus in a situation like that and and like he wouldn't have to create shots he would just have to be one of the best shooters in basketball which he is so i think buddy Hield can be a successful player in a winning situation I, i'm a believer in him i was a believer I when he was at oklahoma i mean he, that guy's got spirit and intensity i think he just needs to be in the right situation for it all to manifest for him with that said taking him over jamal murray was probably the end of the anthony davis era in new orleans I, don't, I think that's kind of an underrated, and I didn't mind the pick, but if yeah, you think in retrospect, then you, then you don't get Cousins. Yeah, and, and with Cousins, they had some hope at least for a little while before for, he got for, hurt. For, for three yeah. months. For, yeah, for three months, yeah. Those four or five pick and rolls <laughs> were a heck of a lot of fun to watch. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe Spring. On the way, warmer temperatures, more time outside, more time away from your home. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you're doing what you can to protect your place and get a Simply Safe home security system, comprehensive protection for your whole home, a great way to keep you and your loved ones safe. What if you're going out for Easter for six hours? You don't think the burglars are going to figure that out? That y'all, y'all packed up your car at like 1130 on Easter and you drove off somewhere? Yeah, all they need is an hour. I'm not the only one singing Simply Safe's praises. Simply Safe, named best home security system in 2024 by US News and World Report, recognized for the best customer service in home security by Newsweek. Protect your home today. I use Simply Safe and love it. My listeners get a special 20% off any new Simply Safe system when they sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/bs. Don't wait. That is simplysafe.com/bs. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. I love the NBA. When game day comes around, win or lose, this is the beer you want. Michelob Ultra, my go-to right now because I'm a light beer guy. Sorry, hate to break it to you. You know, I'll mess around with some other ones, but for the most part, really ever since college, I've been a light beer guy. Michelob Ultra, not only does it taste great, 95 calories, crisp and refreshing. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like Michelob Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game right now than ever before with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside LDA 21 and up. Can we talk about how all roads lead back to how terrible Sacramento is? Yet again, I, I think they're the pound for pound champ of like the most messed up team. Like last year, they gave away Bogdanovich for nothing. This year, the Buddy Hill trade leaks before... Now, who knows who leaks it? The Lakers might have leaked it to put Washington pressure on. They had the ninth pick. Everyone loves this draft. They're the only team that seems completely discombobulated by having the ninth pick. Um, I just... I, there doesn't seem to be any plan. I don't know who's making the decisions. And if I was a Kings fan, I'd be losing my mind. And, and Where do you have the them way, ranked, Priscilla? They're last. Uh, okay. They don't have the worst roster, but I, I continuously hear stuff about them where I, I thought... I thought all this stuff's over and it it's it's just not like I'm I'm not going to get too into one of the stories I heard about their draft prep but it, it, I I mean I I couldn't fucking believe the story. It's, I'm not even sure if it's true, you know, so I'm not 100% on it. So I'm not you know, that's why I'm not going to share it. I know it's probably pretty true, but it was just like, hey, you've got the ninth pick, you got to do your work. You got to do your work. And yeah. and and it very well could be people under people that are doing their work to be fair. And then it still doesn't really matter um, because there might be too much influence from ownership still that has no reason to 
think they have any kind of track record whatsoever. And the Bogdanovich thing's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And then it's the same shit this year. It's like these teams that stink that chase these, like, it's like they're running the mile and they're thrilled they're in first place after a lap. Like, it means anything. Yeah. And they're chasing the playoffs. And it's like, look, you could have you could have flipped Harrison Barnes for something. You know, you could have flipped Buddy Heald for something. You guys they, they could have you know, like, traded Bogdanovich for Kuzma last year. Right. right. The so, Lakers wanted to do that, and they countered with Bielitsa for Kuzma. Ugh. It's tough. Yeah, so, you know, I just, I don't mind even asking. You know, you can ask ridiculous prices. I mean, there was that one today that people were saying Maury was asking the Warriors for 714, Wiseman, Wiggins, and two more first. It's like, <laughs> all right, go ahead. Ask for whatever you want to ask for. But with Sacramento, you can't always get them wrong. And they always seem to get them wrong. And I think back to your healed point, him in Sacramento having to create off the dribble is where he he loses me a little, and that's for the frustration. It's great if you have a guy that can shoot at those historic numbers that can also handle and, and move around and then also get shots from other areas. With the Lakers, if it's right, he doesn't have to do any of that stuff if they can still pull this off, so, but, but we'll see. But there'd be nothing more Sacramento than actually agreeing to a sign-and-trade to bring back a more expensive Schroeder and get rid of Heald. Or Taylor Horton Tucker. Who Right. I don't know what that dude is. You could tell me he's going to be good with more money and more playing time, or you could tell me he's a preseason wonder. I don't, you can't see where do you stand on him? I'm a fan. I like Horton yeah. Tucker. Would I'm you not pay sure 20 how... million a year? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I would not. Could be a solid player. I don't see greatness in him, but I think he can be a pretty solid player. What's the buzz around the league? Because Sacramento to me is a team that the other teams complain about. Like it's where, where it's just like, what's going on? It's a lot of what's going on over there conversations about them and that's really been the case since we had Grantland and when Vivek bought the team in 2012 this is 10 years of people going what's going on over there and then other teams just trying to trade with them because they're like the deer that's fallen behind the pack that the the cheetah is kind of like oh there there's one I got it and the kings are kind of the the deer that's fallen behind the pack every year it's not like I hear people ripping Monty McNair or anything like that. I don't know if KOC, if you feel that way. I think it's no. just a, I think it was so bad with Vivek early on and Vladi that they were like, okay, well now, you know, Vivek's going to hand over the reins. Vladi's not there anymore. It'll be a little bit better. It'll be a little better. And it just, it isn't, it isn't really any better. It, it yeah. Just, the bag, the Bagley thing is unrecoverable. Could, could it be getting better though? They drafted Halliburton last year. True. We'll see. We'll see what they do tonight. The Rashawn Holmes I mean, acquisition was smart. Yeah, might lose we'll, I mean, but we'll in the middle of happens. all that is they gave away Bogdanovich for zero. Yeah. So it's tight. I don't know. There. I mean, maybe it's a little better, but who knows? Uh, quickly, Ben Simmons. So you mentioned how Philly's asking for the moon. You know, Daryl's gone to every team and just asked for their best player. Like he asked Boston for Tatum. What? Do, what are you supposed to do? And you get that phone call. This is exactly like the Paul George stuff with Pritchard when he was still with the Pacers. He called every single team and was like, can I have your best player? Right. <laughs> and Tatum then he was like, Simmons, I, what are your thoughts? No. <laughs> right. Then he called back and no. said, can I have your second best player? <laughs> well, maybe it, it's a strategy. It, um, it's like he, there's a new GM in your fantasy league. He knows Brad Stevens is a new GM just trying to take advantage. Smart. I, I do the same <laughs> thing in fantasy, but this is real life. <laughs> yeah. um, I was thinking a Simmons-Beal trade is actually now more realistic with this move that Washington just made where you could have a team, let's say it's Simmons and Beal, Philly throws in a pick or two and Max is in it. You could have a team of Simmons, Rui, Abdija, 
Kuzma, Harrell, KCP, Maxi, Gafford, Bertans, 15 and 22. It's like not, not awful. Like there's stuff to work with. You could mold that into something. It's like a weird grocery shop trip where you got just a bunch of stuff and now you're like, oh, all right, let's make dinner. All right. What are, oh, you bought squash. Cool. Um, that, <laughs> I could see Simmons <laughs> going to Washington under some sort of whatever with that roster and they just build around Simmons and make him the guy. I didn't realize he had a trade kicker, by the way, until today. I had not heard that one. So it's four more years fully guaranteed with a trade kicker, 146.7 million. But KOC, does, does that make any sense to you, a deal with Beal and Simmons in it? It makes some sense, for sure. But I think I'd rather give it a little bit of time with Bradley Beal just because I think that's how special of a player he is. And okay. I know, like w- Woj tweeted earlier tonight how this is a deal that the Wizards are making with the intentions of building a better roster around Bradley Beal. And I, I think you know that's probably partially to protect, you know, Wizards front office here that it is about, you know, building around Beal. So if he ever does demand a trade, it's like, well, we tried. This isn't about rebuilding immediately. But if Bradley Beal doesn't demand a trade, I, I would hang on to him into the season because I think you have a 30-point-per-game scorer, man. Yeah. Like, that's legit. And with Ben Simmons, the questions about his game wouldn't go away in Washington necessarily. So if you're building around Beal, maybe you have him do more playmaking, which he's shown he can do. He's shown he's improved in those areas. Add another guy in the backcourt and do some playmaking. Maybe they do that tonight with the 15th or the 22nd pick. You know, this Wizards roster could look pretty compelling pretty soon with Bradley Beal as the face of the franchise. I'd hold off on a Ben Simmons deal if I'm Washington. Well, let's say the trade goes through and they have 15 and 22 and we're picking those picks for them based on guys we like in the draft. Rosillo, pick 15 for them. Who's, who's um, there? Is that Duarte tra- range or is he gone? Yeah. No, no. Duarte range might be gone the pick yeah. for them if Golden State hangs on to both picks. I think Trey Murphy, I've heard his name connected to Washington quite a bit. How about um, Mitchell? Yeah, Mitchell is who I was going to say. Mitchell yeah. could be there. Yeah. Davion? Right? Yeah. yeah. Unless yeah. a lot of people connected him to the Pacers a couple spots before. We're all talking about the same players in the same range, though. So none of this yeah. is, is shockingly surprising. It feels like a couple years ago, Wizards had Garuba written all over him. But, uh, oh, yeah, it's Yad yeah, Mahimney 2.0. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's a huge, he's a huge old school wizard um, who well, I maybe, actually kind of like. But I like him, too. I, don't, I wouldn't mind that pick. And then 22, they could take uh, Butler from, from Baylor as a point guard. Right or, That's or right Cam Thomas, the range. Cam Thomas, another guy that comes to mind. If you're looking at guards, not sure if the defense is enough with Beal, which is why Mitchell makes more sense. But there's going to be options for them for sure, both at wing or at guard. Or you use one of those picks to try to dump the Bertans contract. I mean, we should mention this team now has <laughs> Rui, Abdija, Kuzma, KCP, and Bertans, who are basically all the same position. You know, you could play two of them at the same time, I feel like. And they have five. I would be thrilled to see Berton's bitch about less shot attempts. Because that was, I mean, that guy, when he gets in, it's, I mean, he's playing one on five sometimes. It's going up. Yeah, yeah we'll see if up. he's in hey, better there's, shape. There's something on the Ben Simmons trade kicker. There's two things. I don't know, and I, I shouldn't go too deep in the weeds in this, but there's some clause, I think, that can void it if he's maxed or whatever. But, um... You know, I remember, and you can never underestimate the clutch clients in this, but when Anthony Davis was traded, he had a pretty sizable trade kicker that was going to impact the cap space of the Lakers and all the other maneuverability. And someone on his side, his representatives were like, oh, he's never waving that. Like, that's free chunk. Then he waved it. So I was, I ended up getting it wrong. 
because I was told by somebody that would be as informed as anyone that he wouldn't wave it. And then it was like, oh no, now he waved it. And then magically there was all this extra space. So that's well, something then, to pay attention to with Simmons, making a deal more feasible. Um, and then he made $22 million to be in Space Jam. So that, that I worked don't know. out. <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> uh, hey, we should talk about, um, oh, there was a Rubio to Cleveland trade for Prince. That was weird. I don't know what Cleveland's doing. There was Detroit apparently closing in on Kate Cunningham, which we're going to find out when we have the draft. But I, I still don't know why they didn't go backwards and try to... Uh, get Mobley at three, but whatever. Um, there's Reddish is involved in trade rumors, which I don't fully understand considering I thought coming out of the playoffs, I was like, wow, they might actually have something with that guy. He's young. He's the, you know, kind of ballsy three and D guy you need. And I think you think back to his draft class. He was one of kind of the revered guys from that draft class. There was a lot of people on Twitter who played for the league um, who were just kind of like, yep, Cam Reddish, that one game when he was awesome. Yep, told you. He's got it. Um, why would they trade him, KOC? What, what What's going on there? Is there is he unhappy? What's the, what's the backstory? As far as I know, it's nothing about, you know, his happiness or playing time or minutes like that. It's just about, my understanding, could be wrong here, is that Atlanta wants to reset that rookie-scale contract. His so they don't get killed all at once. Yeah, because yeah. they're going to have a lot of guys coming up, so it's about swapping that for somebody who's just going to be on the first year of their rookie contract and whether they move up in the draft, you know, into the late lottery, like a lot of teams are trying to do right now, or whether it's, you know, maybe even moving down and doing a bigger trade. Um, they have a lot of options on the table. Is there anything like they, you know, you've heard about that, Ryan, that that could make sense. That's exactly what it is. I mean, all you have to do is look at the schedule of payments here. He's a, he's a club option after this at, at almost 6 million. I'm sure Cam probably wants out because Trey's turned into who he has and Hunter's still, I think, somebody that's really important to their future and Herder's a shot maker. And then you have McDonovich. If you're Cam, you're like, I need to go somewhere to get numbers so yeah. I can actually get this second contract. And even though I think Cam showed us some real nice signs of shooting and some defensive versatility, they are the ones that have been around him. So if they thought he was special, none of this shit would be happening this week. And now all you have to do is like, all right, let's slide him out for now somebody that we have four to slash five years of control with on a rookie deal that we can plug in there that's a lot cheaper than getting into some sort of bidding war with the fifth most expensive guy, depending on what happens with Collins. So it's all about scheduling of money, probably more so than it is who Cam is, because I would agree that he showed some bright spots and I haven't always been. I think there's I think we're all fans of his talent. I just don't know how consistent of a player he's ever going to be. He he wouldn't be over in that one game, but that's also like him. Doc Doc Rivers syndrome. That led to Byron Mullen signing with the Clippers that time because he had the one great game of his career against Doc. Um, I, I was thinking with the Knicks with him because they have the 19 and 21. And if if you could just turn 19 and 21 into Cam Reddish, I feel like I would do that. Um, if you could turn 19 and a future something into Cam Reddish, even better. But I think he's talented and worth a gamble. I'll be interested to see how that one plays out. I wish the Celtics had 16. That would have been a nice Celtic uh, something for him, but I'm down with that. Uh, do do we ever hear Kyle Kuzma's name again? <laughs> These guys that are in the mix and it's almost like they're the ninth lead on Grey's Anatomy or something and they're famous from that, but then they're off that show and you just never think or hear from them again. Kuzma, there's so much Kuzma dissection in Lakers land and them honestly overvaluing how talented he was. I thought now he just goes to an obscure team and that could be a KFC. We'll never have another Kyle Kuzma conversation again. I mean, he's always going to have some ex Laker popularity. 
some celebrity popularity there. Um, but as a player, boy, like he he better keep hustling on defense like he did this past season. He better, or else as a player, like his stock is just gonna plummet. I like him as as I just thought part of the problem with him and the Lakers is him and LeBron and Davis all play the same position. And I never understood how that was going to work. So he, it was always like he was playing out of spot. I mean, he's know? talked about that inconsistent role. He says, I'm inconsistent, you know, in this inconsistent role. But he yeah. was inconsistent way back at college. So th- right. I think that's just part of who he is as a player. But, you know, playing with Bradley Beal, I still think he can produce. He'll have some big nights. He'll have some frustrating nights. But he needs to continue defending for people to care about the basketball aspect. Popularity. Ex-Lakers are still popular. You know, th- that is pretty funny, though, because I- I've run into it a few times, like when Brandon Ingram had a stretch before Zion took over where it was yeah, like, all right, exactly. we saw another level from Brandon Ingram. And then Lakers fans were still somehow protective of mm-hmm. the idea that he was always <laughs> that good. And you're like, yeah. how can you not see the difference between a guy that's way more comfortable now and the numbers back it up and everything else? And then it was like, how dare you? Like, how do you even why do you even care? Like, why do you? So it'll be kind of fun to see kind of this. This is you know what it's terrible for? It's terrible for Kuzma's watch game. His LA vibes, the Instagram thing. Like, I know DC is a very, very modern city, but mm. some of these young guys moving out of LA, this is like their worst nightmare ever. Before we go, Shamit to the Suns for 29 and Javon Carter. Rosello, the Suns not intimidated by Shamit face at all. They not embraced all. it. Not at all. Uh, Javon Carter actually was part of the rotation there for a little bit. I, I know. I kind of like I, him. I like <laughs> I can't wait to say I kind of like him a hundred times tonight. Can, by the way, can we see some uh, some Bruce Brown, Javon Carter pick and rolls? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see. Shamit's uh, Shamit's really strange because there's times where you're like, God, I'd love a Shamit. I'd love one, and then you're like, Wait, I thought this guy made shots, and then he doesn't. And so <laughs> it's, he's almost, it's like the idea of Shamit, right? The idea yeah. of Shamit seems amazing, but then when you watch him, you're like, Why doesn't this guy ever make an open shot? It'd be like a golfer who like has great stretches of putting. And then other times you're like, why is he missing all of his putts last season? Um, And I think that's what happens with him. But I I still look Phoenix. The to-do list is, is a little bigger than Shamit right now. I'd love to see a backup big that could actually play in a playoff rotation. And then that Sarver stuff with Chris Paul. Like here, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think Sarver goes, Hey, look, great run. He turns 37. What's this imaginary $100 million extension that I'm supposed to give him if nobody else wants to give it to him? Um, but all Chris needs is one other team, and that could be New York. But Sarver couldn't even not say it out loud, which is what makes him Sarver. I think it's done. I think he's going you think back. The extent- I think it is. Three or four years. I think it's a, a couple years. Can they do a thing where they add the extension to the current contract? Only two. Right. I think that's what it is. Yeah. So he gets all the money this year and then it's like two years for 70 adding on to that. But I think, I think it's been worked out. So I'm not sure why they haven't leaked that out yet, but my understanding is it's on its way to being worked out. And there was Sarver, Sarver can't, you can't, he's already, he went on the record two days ago and said, I'm going to pay the luxury tax. He knows you you don't want to be a villain where you live. Yeah. But he still said the other stuff. Yeah, but he still said other stuff that he didn't have to say, which was so weird about it. Sorry to Well, but he's a but. really weird guy, though. I mean, he's a top four weird owner. What were we going to say, KOC? Oh, no. I mean, I, I think there was a, a local Suns reporter who I think it was Gambo, if I remember correctly. It was. Yeah, yeah the radio who, show. Who, and he said, well, the Suns are playing this by the book. They're going by the rules. They're not, you know, no tampering here. Like there was a local report saying that in regards to all the Chris Paul stuff. Will he go here? Will he go there? It's kind of like a, a calm down Suns fan. 
type of uh, report. And last week, I think they went out there. So it's fine. The, fine. the question for me is Bridges. I think Chris comes back. But if you're paying Bridges too, now you're talking about uh, like a Lakers type payroll with Aiton, Booker, Chris Paul, and Bridges. If Bridges, I think is a, his number starts with a two for a year, right? He's at least 20 million a year, but probably closer to 23, 24. Somebody would overpay that dude. So they either hometown so. discount it now or they're going to have to, they might be in a similar situation like what Atlanta's in with Reddish where yeah, as much Bridges, as they love the guy, they have yeah. to like kind of trade him for future stuff. Yeah, they might have to. And then you look at the Lakers who I think the starting payroll with the three players of Westbrook in this deal happens. They're at like 124, which will be 12 million more than projected cap for three players, which yeah. also makes me ask this question. If the Paul deal doesn't get done with Phoenix, how does he fit in just in a basketball sense of the Lakers for the taxpayer mid-level. <laughs> you know, so you're saying that might not happen? I'm starting to wonder if Magic Johnson Yeah, knows he, he might have been off. Yeah. So FYI, before we go, because we're going to go and we're going to come back for, uh, for the people listening. Part two of this podcast will be us kind of live watching the first uh, few picks of the draft. But the Lakers, if this deal does go through, their team right now is LeBron, Davis, Russ Westbrook, Mark Gasol, Alfonso McKinney. And then everyone else is a cap hold. So this could go a thousand different directions. And they have some sign and trade possibilities with Schroeder, with Caruso, um, with Horton Tucker potentially. But for the most part, it's a blank slate. We'll see what happens. Um, all right, guys, next time I see you, the draft will be uh, will be happening. This is fun, though. Russell Westbrook on the move again. Who knew? Uh, Kyle Creighton produced part one of this podcast. We'll be back with part two in a little bit. <laughs>